0: Broadband, internet service providers,
1: in real simple syndication are proud to bring you Carlin and Jordan's Most Excellent Movie Night. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Carlin and Jordan's Most Excellent Movie Night. This time around, we are doing a listener choice film. Yes, absolutely. Actually, that listener would be my wife, Rebecca. <laughs> and she has chosen for us America's Sweethearts to, yes. to satisfy the romantic comedy uh, genre for us. but first of all that is Jordan and that is Carlin and we are here to discuss
0: America's sweethearts and this film uh, it was directed uh, by Joe Roth and was released back in 2001. Uh, so it's just around the beginning of the decade obviously uh, <laughs> He's directed other cool things like uh, Freedomland, Christmas with the uh, cranks, and also Coupe de Ville so he's had some interesting titles there uh let's go ahead and and just take a a look at the netflix summary for this one gwen and eddie are a separated movie star couple who quote-unquote make nice for the cameras at a press junket promoting their new movie together meanwhile gwen's sister harbors a crush on the oblivious eddie and a press agent mediates the warring parties
1: yes um Important to point out the main actors in this.
0: Yes. We have Billy Crystal, uh, who's playing the uh, press agent, uh, who's named Lee Phillips. And
1: he also co wrote the script. He
0: did. He did. And it was a fun script. And Billy Crystal, obviously, is Billy Crystal. Uh, to list all of the great movies that he's been a part of would just be too much. But of course, he, we would be going amiss if we didn't mention like when Harry when Harry met Sally. Analyze this, and also he was the, one of the grave digler diggers. Grave digglers. <laughs> Those
1: grave diglers, man. Yeah,
0: grave diggers in um, Kenneth Branagh's uh, adaptation of Hamlet, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Cool. Uh, Catherine Zeta Jones as Gwen. Uh, Gwen Harrison. Uh, she. Um, She met the expectations of the role, we will put it that way.
1: I will say, um, this was right after she was in Traffic, right, and also in the film High Fidelity, Mm -hmm. which High Fidelity has a very similar dynamic Mm -hmm. for her character and John Cusack's character. And John Cusack, who is the Eddie in this, Mm -hmm. uh, he was just coming off of High Fidelity as well, which... The character's is almost the same, right? Um, and High Fidelity is a really good film. I like that a lot. And right before High Fidelity, he did Being John Malkovich, which I love. Yeah,
0: he's he's actually had something of a resurgence uh, with The Raven last year. Uh, that was an actual that was a pretty good historical thriller kind of horrorish movie. Not really straight up horror, but it had horrific elements to it. Uh, so that was really good. He's also you know famous for doing Sixteen Candles. Um, and one of my favorite children's quote unquote children's maybe because no child should ever see this Igor uh, which is um, this animated um, horror movie um, where he's the Igor for the mad scientist and the mad scientist has made all sorts of things like an immortal rabbit with a death wish Uh, nice yeah yeah so there's, (laughs) there's there's this rabbit trying to kill himself all the time it's pretty funny um, and then the last, the last a- actress that we should mention is one that we've discussed previously on the podcast. Mm. That would be um, Julia Roberts playing yeah. uh, Kiki Harrison, Gwen's, uh, Gwen's sister, Catherine Xander jones sister. Which is interesting because the two actresses don't look anything alike.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I thought about that during the film, too. I was like, I wonder how they decided yeah. that, that this is how it was going to be. Like, the
0: closest thing to them looking alike is their noses in profile in one shot. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and that's as close as you can get. Of course, Julia Roberts, uh, as mentioned, did Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which is one we reviewed way back in the early days of the podcast.
1: But she has a much more significant role in this film that, than that
0: one. Yes, yeah, she does. Um, she's also been in The Pelican Brief and Aaron Brockovich, just to name a couple yep. other ones.
1: I did so. want to point out real quick the writer of this film, Peter mm-hmm. Tolan. Um, he was, I assume, he was the main writer, right? Because I don't think that Billy Crystal does main writing on scripts. No,
0: he probably probably Billy Crystal was the concept man. Yeah, that
1: yeah. that was kind of what my thought was. But Peter Tolan um, has written some stinkers, such as Stealing Harvard and Bedazzled. Um, He doesn't have a very good repertoire. I
0: I don't know. I I thought Bedazzled was a fantastic movie. (laughs)
1: Okay, there's one reason Bedazzled is a fantastic movie and that is Elizabeth Hurley. Yes. Just because she looks amazing in that film. It does not hurt. No, not at all. It it does not hurt.
0: But we are here to talk about uh, America's Sweethearts, not Bedazzled.
1: But here's the thing about America's Sweethearts. It has a ridiculous cast. Past the people we already um, cited, it's got Stanley Tucci. Mm-hmm. It's got Christopher Walken. Yeah. It has Alan Arkin. Yeah. Who else? I, I know oh, Seth man. Green is in it. Seth
0: Green. Oh, I love Seth Green's character in this movie. Uh, it, it, it It's pretty much an A-list of the early early aughts.
1: And I can't forget, Rain Wilson is in it as well. Yeah. I mean, there are great actors in this film.
0: And it really... It, those actors, they, I think they serve their careers well by being in this particular movie. Um, there, there are some movies that you see larger named actors in and doing cameos and stuff like that, and you go, ah, yeah, yeah. that's that's not really worth your time. But America's Sweetheart is a fun movie. Uh, we both walked away from it, enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, it was and, good. And uh, and so we're going to go ahead and share our thoughts and impressions of America's Sweethearts with you now.
1: First of all, um, just to give everyone the the idea that of of who Eddie and Gwen were, mm-hmm. um, it's set up initially. You know, you're seeing that Eddie and Gwen. It's like a montage of of them talking about different films that right. Eddie and Gwen were in together, and they were truly what? America's sweethearts. I, I
0: kind of think of them as the um, the actually successful movie making version of Benefer. Okay. Yeah. You know. I uh, can see that. Yeah. Ben Affleck in... Uh, what's her name? Jen- Jennifer
1: Garner. Jennifer Garner. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> so. they... Um, yeah, so so it's really that kind of dynamic of, you know, people see an actor and actress in all these romantic films together, mm-hmm. and then they get together in real life, and everyone's like, oh, isn't that so sweet? It's true love. And you, we can see their love on, on the screen, and it's beautiful, and we feel like we're sharing in it. Right. Um, but then they end up getting... Uh, separated, they separate, um, so then once that happens, they're playing very specific roles. Um, yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones' as Gwen is playing a selfish jerk, and John Cusack as Eddie is playing an unstable, hopeless romantic, mm-hmm. much like in High Fidelity, although minus the unstable part in High Fidelity, yeah, he wasn't I mean, unstable in that.
0: Yeah, I the, the, the character here, Eddie, was he. I, I loved Eddie's character. I, I really enjoy John Cusack as an actor, just in general. I think he does a great job. Um, but like as Eddie, he was it, he was great because he hit like really high. He, he hit the high notes and he hit the low notes. He did he, his acting in this one was fantastic. You
1: know? Yeah, and if and if anyone else out there liked this film and they did not see High Fidelity, definitely see High Fidelity because. He, he puts out the same
0: mm-hmm. type
1: of performance in that, and it's yeah. very enjoyable. And that had a great script. It was really well done. Also, you'll see Catherine Zeta-Jones again because she's in that, although not nearly as much. Right. So, just a little tip for you all. Just a little tip. So they are not together in the film No, anymore.
0: and, you know, the funny thing is that, that uh, Billy Crystal's character... Um, Lee Phillips had been their publicist. He had been the guy who was responsible for making their movies be the the number one movies whenever they opened up. And so it was great because he, he had they had broken up about a year ago and um they had, had filmed a, a movie with um the a great movie auteur... Um, who had pretty much locked himself up in a shack behind his house?
1: Yeah, what was his name in that? I can't um, remember. It, it was Christopher Walken plays plays this kind of crazy, real over the top filmmaker who's, I don't know, like kind of reclusive, I guess. Yeah, he seems like somebody whose films I would be into. <laughs> yeah, 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 Hal Weidman. Hal that's Weidman. right. Yeah, his character's name was Hal Weidman, and what happens in the beginning is Stanley Tucci's character, who is a producer. Gets uh, the reel for the rough edit of the film, <laughs> and all it is is the opening segment. Yeah, the, there's no actual film there. And,
0: and the great thing about it is, is that it's not, it's not the 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 opening credits aren't anything amazing or anything like that. It's just the name of the f- of the film, Time Over Time, in like these block letters on a black background. And like and like, um, Weinman's notes were.
1: What do you think? We could also do this in blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and the interesting thing is then this guy Stanley Tucci who pl- who plays this character very well of yes. uh, being just this angry crazed producer. Um, he goes to Billy Crystal's character uh, Lee and is basically like, "Look, I don't know what this film's gonna end up turning out like because uh, Hal Wideman is not gonna show me what the actual film is mm-hmm. until it actually you know we see it at this junket." Um, And he's like, what I need from you is to get Eddie and Gwen back together so that we can, you know, stir up support for this film within, um, within the public so that, you know, even if this film ends up being something not so good, we can at least get, like, initial good numbers and get some money. Yeah,
0: and the crazy thing was, he had just fired Billy Crystal's character, just two weeks prior, he had been given two weeks' notice. He was in the middle of cleaning up his office as the movie opened up, and uh, Tucci's character, I think his name was Dave, had called him up and, and said, I need you in the screening room. And he's like, ah, no. Two letters. F.U. Yeah. <laughs> but but he's like, no, no, no. You really want to see this. So he goes down, sits down, and watches this, and he's like, I don't know what you're going to do with this. And... and um, and Dave was like, I need you to do this. I need you to make magic. I need money. And he's like, okay, fine. Uh, give me anything uh, that I want. And he's like, done. And he's like, I want my job back. And at first he's like,
1: Ugh. he's, he's like, uh, like, okay, well, then I'm gone." He's like, okay, okay. You can get, you get the job.
0: job. You know? Yeah. He originally was um, bargaining for a, a golf cart, which would have been fantastic, writing out of the Hollywood sit- yeah. like screen stage. Yeah, give on, me a golf cart. On the golf cart.
1: Um, so he then sets on his merry way to yeah. try and get these two back together. So he's got to orchestrate all sorts of stuff to, mm-hmm. to get them back together. And,
0: and Seth Green's character is kind of his protege. And he's like, well, how are you going to get this all put together? And he's like, well, I know somebody who will get
1: uh, will get Gwen to come back. And that's when they flip over to showing you um, Julia Roberts' character, Kiki. And Kiki is... Um, Gwen's sister, but more importantly, her assistant. Yeah. And she's not treated like a sister much. She no, is treated. She is, she's treated like a flunky. She's treated like a kicked dog assistant. Uh, so it's just you know, Kiki, get me this. Kiki, get me that. Um, I don't like this. Is get somebody my, smoking? Yes. Um, yeah, and it, it's painted very well that she is a jerk. She is. Uh, You know, very demanding, and Mm -hmm. Kiki is not too happy about this. But she's there because that's her sister.
0: Yeah, and, and it's great because, like, the first thing that you see of Gwen's character is that she's on Larry King Live, and these people are calling in going, Oh, Gwen, we saw your last movie because we love you, but it was a horrible movie. When are you getting back together with
1: Eddie? Which is kind of funny because it insinuates that her acting ability is a direct reflection of her relationship. Right. Um, And we find out that she has a relationship at this point. She's Mm -hmm. moved past Eddie, even though they are not divorced yet.
0: No, they're they're still technically married. But she's with... Hector.
1: Yes, Hector. And that was another name that I forgot... That was a name I forgot to say in the beginning. Hank Azaria. Yeah. Who... I'm, as far as I'm concerned in this film steals the screen when he's on he's he, hilarious oh he is so funny he has he's supposed to be Spanish he's from Spain apparently and he's got a mix of an accent with a speech impediment yes and it's just really funny it comes out hilarious Are they' making
0: fun of my accent
1: are you making fun of my accent yeah in yeah, that, that kind of stuff and, yes.
0: and they like like the, the whole film re- revolves around this junket and at one point in the movie he goes oh we are going to a junket."
1: yeah you know (laughs) yeah and mispronouncing things because of the accent and the speech impediment yeah and that's you know that's something that could go in any film could go well or could go horribly wrong and azaria pulls it off very well yeah and he's a good actor yeah oh yeah
0: yeah he, he was a fun actor and his character didn't have a lot to do in the film except you know, be walk funny. yeah, walk around and be funny, and he he was absolutely that character, um, and it was it was really great to see him like interacting with Gwen because you can tell that he's all into Gwen and everything like that, and she's only kind of into him. She says that she's really in, into into Hector, but really you can
1: tell that she's just like using him. Yeah, it's kind of whatever. It's yeah. it's more of like a, a relationship out of convenience. I feel like, or just to not be alone. Well, I th- I think the thing was
0: that she, it she was she was using Hector as a as an excuse to get out of the relationship with Eddie.
1: Yeah, and and that becomes pretty clear much later in the film. Yeah. Um, when you see some footage of her talking about that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think one thing real early on when I was watching this that, that became clear to me is um, this is kind of showing how involved people get with celebrity relationships.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had written that down as well. It's interesting to see how this movie
1: shows how the public celebrates celebrity relationships. And at the same time mourns them when they end. Yeah. You know, you... I don't know, you could think of so many relationships that didn't go well. Um, you know, what, like uh, Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton, you know, that yeah. didn't go so hot. And
0: well, just recently Tom Cruise broke up with uh, Kate Hudson? No, uh, uh, um, that was, um, oh,
1: God, Katie Holmes.
0: Katie, Holmes, Katie yeah. Holmes, I knew it was Kate something.
1: No, he just unlocked the door to his mansion and let her out.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> get her yeah. locked in there. Or she found a, she found a key somewhere. She, she found a way out. Yeah.
1: Um. But, yeah, but it's, you know, and, and people really feed into these relationships, and part of it, you know, kind of goes back to the film Antiviral, when we were talking about that, how people just consume so much celebrity, and you get it 24-7, pretty right. much. Um, so people are, they feel invested in these relationships, so that when these celebrities break up they're like oh oh my god i i'm hurt i feel like that one was going to last yeah but the thing to know is relationships in hollywood inevitably are not going to last
0: relationships in hollywood
1: seem to be a thing of convenience no yeah. matter how you how how you dice it i mean well and i've always wondered how much of it is is fake from the aspect of actors work together on a film yeah they're in a romantic setting and they're supposed to be romantic on the set they stay within character or are feeling, the feelings that those characters are feeling. Well, that's the same feelings a lot. But, um, and then off screen, they just kind of stay with it. And you know, that's
0: kind of similar to what was going on in the hunger games. I know you didn't like that movie, but, um, Katniss and PETA had to play the role of lovers for the camera so that they can get money from the sponsors. So you know you have this thing where they're they're trying to move on and and live their lives and they're supposed to be this great Hollywood couple in the middle of the Appalachians and you know finally at one point in the second movie uh, which I went and saw in theaters they actually they had um, they had a marriage proposal done just to boost media ratings. There you go. You know so that type of thing is something that comes up all the time.
1: And in America's Sweethearts, with Billy Crystal's character Lee going around um, and trying to orchestrate, you know, Gwen, mm-hmm. Gwen, and Eddie getting back together. I wonder to myself, has this actually happened in Hollywood? And I wouldn't be surprised I at would, all. I, you know what? I would. I would bet that Billy Crystal
0: probably saw something like this happen and then based the script off of a similar incident yeah
1: because fact is stranger than fiction it is it is you know and the best inspiration for anything comes from the real world yeah so yeah i could definitely see that but it really spoke to me about how how oddly involved people are with these celebrity relationships and how also it, it leads me to another thing that i always think about uh, within film is romantic relationships and how they're depicted in film yeah um since we watch so many movies and watch so many TV shows uh, throughout our lifetime that starts becoming the ideal that we set for our romantic relationships and what we expect out of them so when anything falls short you're kind of like well that's not how it's supposed to be yeah. um and it's really setting people up for false expectations you know
0: and i, I kind of wonder if the the whole idea of what i i kind of think of as as the inflate the press's wedding, or the, press, the the we'll call it the junket wedding to, to tie in with America's sweethearts, that's something that you know a, a lot of people look at as the norm because they're fed these images of the, uh, the celebrity as being the ideal of the culture. So they see a marriage only lasting like three or four years, and then they're like, oh, well, it's done. I don't like this person anymore for whatever reason. Uh, and then so they just play it. You know, and a lot of times there's a kid in in the in this equation, or you know, there there are other people aside from just the just the spouse that's been left, and it and it happens with both men and women. They it's I'm going to put my foot in my mouth if I
1: continue on with this <laughs> this particular vein of conversation. Well, I mean, my my thought on it is that you know, like I said, you know, people have uh, this this false ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, Build up in their mind of, of what a romantic relationship is and what and what a relationship in general is supposed to be, um, and it's it's very far from reality because yeah. everything in film, it, when it comes to romance, is effortless. Yeah, and it's so euphoric, and it's gonna be amazing forever, and that's not the the reality of actual relationships. You have to work, work hard. And, yeah, and you and it's not just that. You know, you'll meet a person and you guys are perfectly matched, and you'll never make each other upset, and you'll never, you know, butt heads over any single thing. You have to work through all that stuff, and you have to figure out a way to see things from the other person's perspective. Yeah. And I really think because of what I've just laid out, that film is doing a great disservice to our society in that sense because it's giving people very false ideals when it comes to relationships.
0: Even even films that are. That are supposed to i mean the thing that i thought of immediately when when you're talking about how this is a disservice is the idea that you know a film has to it would be great if films were a little bit less idealized well the only thing that really comes to mind or right off the top of my head is like something like married with children yeah. You know, which is a swing in the total opposite direction. Right, you.
1: and that's over-exaggerated exactly. the other way.
0: Yeah, you know, so there's no real middle ground of, you know, a couple who just, you know, likes to sit on the couch with each other at the end of the day, you know, share a nice glass of Merlot and talk about their issues. Right.
1: You know, Or sit down and play a card game of Munchkin. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> or Cards Against Humanity, something like that. But, and, and this also brings up another thing that, that it really got me thinking about in this film. You know, Gwen is the very sought-after, very beautiful jerk in this film. She's the diva. Exactly. And Eddie is the hopeless romantic who will do anything to be back with her, basically. Like, he can't live without her. It's how he feels.
0: And that really brings in the stereotypes
1: of gender that happens a lot. And that's what I was going to get to is, say... I would like to see a film where these roles are reversed. Right. And it's the guy who's extremely sought after. Like, everyone thinks he's like Brad Pitt and he's so handsome and dashing and um, just charming. And then they, uh, and, and he's so desirable, but he's the jerk. And then the woman is is just, she's a good looking woman. I mean, like, Joan or uh, I'm sorry, Joan, John Cusack is a good looking guy. Right. But, you know, she's good looking as well, but, but she's just distraught and she's, a little unstable, hopeless romantic she needs to be with this guy.
0: And you know, if we're going to be honest, that's really how it works in a lot of situations is that the guy is just oblivious to the needs of, you know, the woman and the woman in the relationship acts a lot more like Kiki does. You know, just doing everything just to make the guy happy. Right. You know, it's it's kind of an interesting thing in that you know, you do have that that dynamic, not of siblings with Kiki and, and Gwen, but you almost have like a relationship dynamic that is like um, one person in the relationship is always giving, and the other person is always taking, and that's how a lot of a lot of things unfortunately wind up, rather than being a symbiotic type of type of relationship.
1: Yes. So our next podcast will actually be uh, about. Um, relationship advice. Yeah, Carlin and Jordan
0: discuss relationships. <laughs> Carlin and Jordan's
1: most excellent relationship advice. <laughs> That'll be our next podcast. And everyone oh. can send us emails and we'll, we'll solve all your, your uh, relationship issues. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh, this could be like Adam and Dr. Drew. Except...
1: <laughs> I assume I could be Adam. Uh, yes, you may. I'll be so Dr. Drew on that there one. There we go. Um, but going back to the film then, um, so what we see when we catch up with Eddie is he's in like a it's like a Buddhist uh, sanctuary
0: kind yeah of. It, I'm, I wasn't sure if it was Buddhist or Hindu it was definitely yeah, an Eastern spirituality type of place yes and
1: Alan Arkin is there and he's got long hair and he's kind of the guru And a leaf yeah and he's just always twirling leaves around he, he's the the guru there he's he's his spiritual guide um, trying to make him feel at peace. Yeah, and um,
0: he he essentially has written written um, Eddie off as a as a lost
1: lost cause completely. Yeah, pretty much. Uh,
0: it, it, and it's great because at one point uh, Lee asks asks the the guru, "Do you think he's going to be okay?" And he just stands there for about twenty seconds, and then he goes, "Life is like a cookie." <laughs>
1: and that's all he says. And that's
0: all he says, and and uh, Billy Crystal, Crystal just goes, "I'm going to take that as a yes." Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: that's what I would like to hear. Yeah. Um. But you know why Eddie's involved in that is he's trying to get his mind straight because if there was a situation that happened where he uh, saw Gwen and Hector at a um, at a restaurant at a restaurant yeah. that that he that Eddie and Gwen used to go to all the time and Eddie like idealized it as far as his relationship with, with um, Gwen went. And he, he saw him there. He's in the rain, moping on a motorcycle, and then he just drives at him and crashes through the window right. and almost kills him. At one point later
0: in the movie, Eddie describes what happens as a, as a case of, like, or as a, the onset of paranoid schizophrenia, uh, which it didn't seem to be that. It seemed to be like it was, that was uh, hyperbolic hyperbolic exaggeration on his part yeah it just seemed like he was just really angry
1: yeah and and feeling lost yeah you know he was the he was a sad puppy you know left out in the rain watching his uh his his former woman get it on with another man all by myself (laughs) pretty much yeah
0: so it you know and, and i can understand where where eddie's character was coming from because who hasn't been in that situation where you, you want to be with someone and that person doesn't want to be with you anymore? Of course, it was taken to an extreme here. Yeah. But, I mean, the the idea of being in counseling and being in um, and, and trying to um, put this relationship back together was something that he was striving for through about two-thirds of the movie. Yeah. Um, and he... And Eddie came across as the much more likable individual in the, in the oh, film. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's definitely the one you're supposed to identify with. And that's because in the end, he's going to have a very real relationship with Kiki. Right. Um, so Spoilers. That, you know you know that that's, that's where it's going from the beginning, pretty much. But um, it, it, it's Billy Crystal's job, Lee, that is, uh, his job to get these two back together. And he tries all the tricks in the book. Pretty much, he gets them first to agree to come to the junket. Oh yeah,
0: I loved it. Yeah, who's going to go first,
1: him or uh, her? Yeah, they they were driving in in the limos, and he gets he makes the limo stop, and he gets out, and he's just basically like, um, comes to to um, Eddie, and he's like, "Look, do you want to go first or do you want to go second, Showing up to this junket, and he's like, "I don't care, I don't care, I don't care." And then he goes back to Catherine Zeta jones character Gwen, and they keep going back and forth because it's. They both say, I don't care, but then they do care. Because when one of them makes a decision, the other one's like, no, F that person. I want to go first, or I want to go second.
0: I don't want to be this person's opening act. Exactly. Or uh, this person can go second so they can stab me in the back like they always do.
1: And I did want to point out uh, when when they were about to stop uh, the limo, the the driver had said something to Eddie, and he was just basically like, oh man, you know, I think you're doing really well for what went on. He's like, if it was me, if I got dumped like that by someone like Gwen, I probably would just put a gun in my mouth and end it. (laughs) And and he's not in a position to hear this kind of thing.
0: He's sitting back there with all sorts of
1: herbal remedies. Right. And the funny thing is, he then, after the guy says this, he just goes, can you put the partition up? (laughs) Absolutely, sir. (laughs) Yes. pretty funny it was pretty funny um
0: one other thing that i thought was funny that was a little bit before this scene was the dog puppy go ahead (laughs) puppy is this rottweiler who um that gwen owns and i think that puppy was kind of um gwen's persona put into dog form because she's just Puppy is totally ripping apart the, the window washer at Gwen's yeah. mansion. And then, and then uh, Kiki goes off, gets Puppy some Prozac, which at first Lee thought was for Gwen. Yeah. And he, he, she's like, oh, it's time for Prozac. And, and, and Lee goes, she's on Prozac? And he's like, no, it's for the dog. And he's like, oh, good. So, <laughs> um, so Puppy is, is prozac And then Puppy comes in and starts licking uh, Lee's pants.
1: Yeah, the crotch. Yeah, um, you know, I'm gonna be honest. That that whole segment didn't work for me. I th- I thought it was kind of for no reason and over the top and stupid. I mean, it was. I didn't like
0: that. It one. was a little over the top. But the thing is, my parents have a dachshund. Um, that the not well, yes, sometimes that has happened there. But this <laughs> dachshund spends an inordinate inordinate amount of time when I'm at their house licking my pants. So.
1: So, which is why i would I would submit that dogs are stupid and cats are great yeah
0: well uh, Carlin is a cat person yes yes so um but yeah Albert the the dachshund spends a great deal of time licking my pants so so <laughs> I completely right. identified with with the character. it wasn't a doberman it's not a Doberman, but still I can identify with um with puppy and Eddie yeah. But anyway, let's get
1: back to where they were in the car. Yeah. And in the, well, and after after they finally get everything figured out with the, with who's showing up first. Yeah. Which it's Gwen who shows up first. Um, they get in and they're they're gonna end up doing the junkets yes. together.
0: And the thing is that um, that Gwen has a little, basically a bungalow off to the side, and um, Eddie is staying in the main area of the hotel. And uh, th- th- supposedly they're not supposed to meet each other until you know, di- except for during official events where they can be photographed and everything. Because um, Lee is not a dumb person, he wants to he wants to both do a little crowd control and also set things up for some uh, some fiasco-style shenanigans.
1: Yeah, he he's trying to control things very carefully. Yes, um, he's plotting all of his moves. Uh, it's kind of like a chess game for yes. him. It really is. Um, but one of the interesting things is uh, he, at night, Eddie decides that he's going to go out and um, see if he can peek peek around and, and see Gwen because he's that into her and misses her that much. And he goes and there's there's a wall. Yeah, and he or. Er, does he look, at, I think at first he looks through it. He, like, he tries
0: yeah. to look through like a little peephole that's, yeah. that's there. Like, But then he decides to t- try and climb up the wall and look over the
1: the top of it. Yeah, and he sees, he believes he sees Gwen um, by the pool. And she's like in all white and there's like mist coming off of the pool. And it looks very, she looks angelic.
0: It's a know? very, it's a very, um, enlightened type of moment. Especially for someone who's just come from a spiritual healing center. Yeah.
1: So then he sees this, and he, he's getting down from, the, uh, from, you know, looking over the wall. And he comes down on a cactus on his crotch. Yes. So he's got these prickers all over his crotch, his pants, and he starts, like, quickly picking them off. And he's going, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, oh, oh, making a lot of noises. And the security guards see on their video camera... Uh, him doing this. But from the angle they're seeing it, it looks like he's masturbating. Yes. And they're like, is that guy beating it? <laughs> Which was a, a really funny moment, in my yeah.
0: opinion. Oh, yeah. And then and then they drive up. It's great because they jump into this golf cart. Another golf cart in this movie. Yeah, lots
1: of golf carts. There
0: are. And they just, they, they grab this bubble light that, you know, cops typically have in unmarked cars. And they just pop it on the top. And it's like, really? <laughs> you need a, a bubble light for just... Whoa. Sometimes people in those positions like to feel
1: important.
0: Oh, you mean the the security guards. I was thinking you were talking about Eddie for a moment. Oh, no, no.
1: Security guards. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Because
0: Eddie in that position is just trying to get rid of cactus stickers.
1: So at at that point, um, you know, Billy Crystal's character Lee shows up and he's got to try and defuse everything. And he basically says these security guards. He tries to talk them down, and he's being mean and he's being really mad with yeah. these guys. And he's like, he's like, like ah, oh, you stupid security people, you're worthless, and blah blah. But he kind of separates him from it, and he's like, look, you know, we don't need to make anything out of this. You know, do you guys want uh, some uh, some really nice uh, gifts that we had put together as a uh, you know giveaways for this for this junket? And they're like. Oh, well, we've seen those bags. That's some nice stuff in there. He's like, yeah, there's, you know, diamond earrings in there if you have a a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, and uh, I'm going to need the tape also.
0: let's go ahead and listen to this little exchange that they have just so you can get an idea of how it goes down. I'm not supposed to do this, but I happen to have some really beautiful bags that are exclusive for the press here. Do you have girlfriends, wives, anything? Because we have earrings, real diamonds. Beautiful, very tasty, actually, very delicate. I saw the bags. They're nice. Very nice. The- Highest quality. Mm-hmm. I guess we
1: don't have to file a report.
0: Because I didn't do anything, you morons! <laughs>
1: Diet pills. Usually he's like a cat. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay.
0: All right. Thank you, guys. All right. And so you know they 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 give him the tape and everything like that and they they make off with some pretty fantastic swag and they've got mm-hmm. Seth
1: Greed riding on the back of their of their golf cart. So you know. get that tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then somehow the tape gets out. Oh no. Or oh yes, because Lee did it on purpose. We find out.
0: How that could him. that happen?
1: This was all a part of his plan to let the let the public know. That Eddie is still interested in Gwen. Yeah,
0: you know. So if it looks like he is
1: beating it, having as he fun. Said.
0: Yeah, having fun as if you're for you One of the greatest lines in the movie was the the line that the newscaster had introducing it. They where they said, you know, instead of Eddie Thomas should change his middle name to Peeping because that's <laughs> what he was doing. Yeah. You know, it, it, and I had forgotten that his name was Thomas until that point. And I'm like, ha, ha, Big Tom. So, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to amuse me sometimes. But I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, uh so then he's, you know, Eddie's not too happy that the video got out. And he's miffed as to how that happened. Yes. And, uh, you know, Lee's just basically like, Oh, it's
0: local, it's local. It's not even going to hit national news. It's yeah. going to be fine. We're going to get it taken care of. He's like,
1: I have no idea how it happened. Everyone's got their price, you know. And he, Whatever. So he he kind of gets people's minds off that. Yeah. Um, and then they move forward, and he is making his extra moves to to get things done. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and at one point um, later on in the evening, in the same the same evening as the as the cactus incident, Gwen sees this uh, sees the film on television, and she's like, oh well, I need to I really need to talk to Eddie because. Apparently there's
1: some issues that we need to work out. Yeah, yeah. But first, uh, she wants Kiki to go and yeah. get him to come to her. Yeah. And meet like out on like a golf course.
0: I think it was. Yeah, it was like a golf course or in or that like area. a remote
1: area in yeah. the in the complex. But uh, when Kiki goes over there and she's talking to him, it's immediately um, realized that Kiki has feelings for Eddie, and Eddie kind of has feelings for her. But they show you like a flashback first of um kiki in a fat suit apparently
0: kiki had lost at least 60 pounds yeah
1: yeah it was very significant and it's evident uh, to eddie that she's lost a lot of weight when he first sees her and he's you know in the way that he's talking to her it's very obvious that he's like oh oh you uh you you look good
0: now part of the thing was that eddie when she had come to the scene when in the flashback he was drunk
1: yeah and he ended up and Making he, a move on yeah it.
0: he he put the moves on 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 chubby kiki, um, and now that she's not chubby now kiki, that she's not chubby kiki well he wants to put more moves wants he to put more but he he's actually very charming because he's like you know what I think I had been drinking too much I really want to apologize if I did anything inappropriate you know mm. which was classy very classy. classy and it also gave her the ability to be a little bit more demurring in the situation
1: very much. So she's, you know, they talk. They establish that those two are interested in one another, and then he goes and meets with um, Gwen, and she basically brushes him off. she, She 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 does, but it also kind of reinvigorates his hope that he can be with her again. Right. Just because she agreed to talk to him, so that happens, and then is it the next day when they start? Is from there, they start doing the junket?
0: They do, um, but they also... Lee was pretty brilliant in this part because he had arranged to have some photographs taken that made it look like uh, Gwen and Eddie were at, were either hugging or kissing.
1: Yeah, that's right. You
0: know, And so he started leaking those to the media
1: as Planting well. Planting the seed. Yeah. So then the next day when they're actually doing the junket, um, Eddie, it, it becomes obvious, becomes quite upset with what what Gwen's saying when they're being interviewed by all these people from the media you know she's painting it as they're so close still they they really like each other we talk
0: to each other on the phone two three times a day yeah
1: all that kind of stuff and then you just you pick up on and you see Eddie just acting so disinterested and kind of pissed off like he's just like oh god this is not how it is and then he eventually takes takes things into his own hands and starts kind of uh, sabotaging oh, the yeah. interviews yeah, and yeah, yeah, even yeah. says at one point like oh yeah you know we're so we're so good together and you know i, I i'm just going to tell them, you know um we we we've gotten into having threesomes with people <laughs> that's how open we are and
0: let me tell you hector mm,
1: yeah he is not as well yeah. Oh no. He basically said he's like, you know, when she she brought the idea up to me about you know bringing bringing another person in the bedroom, I was kind of like, I don't know. But then this Hector guy came in. He's like, and I see why she wanted him in the bedroom with us. You know, it's and it was uncomfortable for everyone yeah. in the room. Yeah. And it was
0: hilarious. and the thing was, he um, Lee like gets the 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 um, the cinema reporter out of the out of the room, and he she's like, hope everything's going well in Salt Lake City. So probably she was. Well, I mean, Salt Lake City is known as you know the area that the Latter Day Saints are based off of, yeah. and it's a very conservative group. So got, you got you get like this.
1: Oh you, man!
0: Yeah, you. No. He he picked the wrong or the right person to make all sorts of controversy with, because that would just
1: spread like wildfire. Yeah. Which I'm sure Lee was like, "This is fantastic." Yes, it was. So then, after that, they um, they're going to end up having dinner together. Yes. Gwen and um, Eddie, but Kiki shows up first because Gwen's like, I don't feel like going. I have a headache. Yeah. Um, very melodramatic. Yes. So Kiki shows up, and then you know he she sits down, you know, and he's like, Well, why don't you sit with me? while we you know eat together, whatever. And you see more of the connection. You yeah. see you see their their interest blossoming further in right. one another. And then at that point, uh, you also have Lee showing up with his assistant, who's played by Seth Green. I think is his name Ben in it. I want to say I can't. I don't remember. remember. Anyway, and then they they have some people, um, someone there to take pictures, but a little bit later they're just kind of checking.
0: Yeah, in. the thing the thing is that they're just they're just talking about you know how things are going on and everything like that. Um, I do want to mention at this point because his character has is the. Um, Seth Green and Billy Crystal have this really great little exchange, um, where they they've given Gwen a code name, you know, for like the security and everything, and it's Holly Golightly. Yeah, which is which is from from the famous movie Breakfast at Tiffany's, and uh, Lee describes it as a, a wonderful, brilliant movie that you should see. I might disagree on that <laughs> that because the the soundtrack is a little obnoxious in my opinion uh but you know he he mentions oh yeah breakfast at T- tiffany's you know hepburn and and instead of saying audrey hepburn seth green's character goes oh yeah catherine yeah. and he just looks at him and he goes please don't tell anybody ever that you work in the film
1: industry <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: and that was like one of the, that was a hilarious line and that was a good one it's probably one funny. of the best and he, then he's like go get a camera quick 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 quick
1: yeah because, well, and he wants him to get a camera when Gwen finally does show up and she's like, I'm feeling better now.
0: Yeah, the thing was that, that um, essentially Lee called her and said, yeah, Kiki and uh, Eddie are down here and they're having a fantastic time together.
1: Yep. So then she comes down she's like, I'm ready for you to stop warming my seat. And so she, you know, sits down and Kiki takes off and then Hector comes storming in. And he's like... Are you making fun of my accent? Yeah. He's like, where is she, basically? And then there's about to be an altercation. Yeah. And this is delighting Lee. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, oh, we need photos of this altercation. I mean, that'll show that Eddie is fighting for Gwen. He is fighting for her affection. Um, so that's what happens. They get into an actual fight, and Eddie ends up taking it on the nose. Oh, yeah. He gets knocked He gets knocked out for a little bit. Yeah, you?
0: yeah, yeah. He gets knocked out, and he, he wakes up, and... and um, he calls i can't remember if he calls her or if she calls him but he's talking to kiki on the phone a little bit later and he says i feel like half a raccoon
1: yeah and one of the other funny things because kiki's actually helping him at this point um ice ice his face and clean up and he's like yeah you know we got into a fight and he says a really funny thing he's like "He like (laughs) because he got hit in the face with a serving tray right he said i punched him in the serving tray with my face yeah which I thought was really—it was a great throwaway line.
0: It was clever. It was funny. I liked it. It's something that it's something that some like someone who was mouthy would say. Yeah. If you know things were not going their
1: way, it's like oh yeah, well. This happened to my face. I punched someone with it. Oh, but another interesting thing that happened when they were um, watching them eat together mm-hmm. is um, Dave showed up, the producer, and he was talking to like, Lee, and they made a comment.
0: Do you think we could get him to kill himself? Yeah,
1: basically. Because, well, Lee brought it up to be ridiculous. Yeah. He was just like, was oh, you know. He was facetious. Yeah, maybe we'll get even more press out of this if I can convince him to commit suicide. And, and the guy's like, I mean, can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, Jesus. Tucci
0: was so good in this movie. Yeah. Like, the way that he played uh-huh. that line off. He's an awesome actor. Oh, he's fantastic, and that's
1: why it kills me even more that he was in the first Hunger Games movie. Oh, he was in the second one too, and the character was terrible. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it pains yeah. me for that reason. But anyway, I just want to. Point I that didn't out. recognize him at first without the lipstick and the crazy wig. Yeah. Well, but then the, this whole you know him committing suicide thing potentially ends up looking like it might be something that could happen. Right. Because he. You know, they're having a party, a mixer. Yeah. Well, the thing
0: is that um, before before the mixer, um, he's getting his eye looked at by Kiki. And they decide to um, take it to the bedroom, essentially. And apparently they have a wonderful night together. And then Gwen calls first thing the next morning. Yeah. And says, I want you to come over so we can talk. <laughs> and so... So, es- essentially... Eddie leaves Kiki at the breakfast
1: table where he had made her like all sorts of wonderful food for for breakfast and everything. And it's obvious at this moment cuz he's serving her right. that she's not used to. That she's not used to anybody paying attention exactly. to her. Exactly. Not used to anyone paying attention to her and it's the opposite of what she what she does. You know, she's the one who's always getting things for Gwen and you know making her her meals and stuff. And here's this guy that she's already interested in right who's treating her like she's a celebrity mm-hmm.
0: yeah so it just really it goes above and beyond you know her wildest imagination of what could happen and um and so she's all excited about this new development in their relationship and everything and then gwen calls and he gets up and he leaves and he's like, "I'll be right back. We can have lunch together." And he, hes not thinking about Gwen in a romantic way anymore after this point. Right. Um, his interest
1: has completely shifted to Kiki. Um, but Kiki doesn't perceive it that no,
0: way. No, Kiki sees him leaving as him just having a, a quick sleazy one-nighter, and then going back to his wife. Yeah. You know. Okay. So, so he. Eddie sits down with Gwen. And then Kiki, the ever faithful assistant, shows up, and um, Gwen asks her, "Hey, can you make us some eggs for breakfast?" <laughs> yeah, Scrambled and she's all eggs.
1: pissed off. Kiki, obviously.
0: Yeah. So she she makes the eggs as um, they're having this conversation, and Gwen asks Eddie, "Are you seeing anybody?" And and she's like sticking her head out of from the kitchen to so, hear what he's yeah says. Eddie, are you seeing anybody? Yeah, and he goes, not technically no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Bad answer. Yeah. So she get, flies off the handle. She leaves at that point. Yeah.
0: Well, she, she like, like like dumps the eggs all over him. Yeah. And just drops a skillet in Gwen's lap and then storms out. Goes to the goes to the the main restaurant and just orders um, all sorts of all food. sorts of things like a couple dozen eggs
1: like. Several waffles piled to the sky, and then while she's while she's stuffing her face, um, is when Lee shows up and he starts talking to her, and I think this is when Lee has an awakening. Oh,
0: uh, he he figures out oh,
1: yeah he he reads into it that she's you know interested in Eddie and there's something right. going on there, and he sees how distraught she is, and I think this is the turning point for him where he's kind of like you know what I'm doing is probably not the best for the people involved right and i should probably stop right so he starts to kind of let up and then it's even more solidified in his mind when later they're at that you know when they're at the mixer and all of a sudden you turn
0: around and you see eddie standing on the top of the roof with his hands over his head like he's going to jump so what happens is that Lee runs up the stairs to the to the top and he goes to he's trying to pull him in but what he accidentally does is knocks knocks Eddie off the roof almost. Yeah. He hits him
1: with the door. Yeah,
0: he hits him with the door and Eddie's sliding towards the end of the So what they have to do is he um, Lee actually is pretty smart in this situation. I don't know if I would have done this. He runs over to the fire hose, the, the collapsible fire, fire hose, pulls it out and throws it to Eddie, and then has him just yeah, climb. climb hand over hand up to the to the top of the roof. And then Eddie is like, oh, man, what are you trying to do? You're trying to kill me and everything. And he just says, take a bow. Make it look like it's staged. Yeah. You know, and, and so they cover for it, and it actually brings a lot more pressure to the movie because as they're doing this, here comes a helicopter.
1: Yeah, the media. Yeah. Well, No, um, no, no.
0: That's when the, the director shows up.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yes, that's right. That That's when uh, Hal Weidman shows up. But at that moment is when Dave, you know, Stanley Tucci's character, is like, oh, maybe this is the suicide. Yeah, it? he's
0: like, oh, man, he did get the suicide. <laughs> man, Lee works with miracles.
1: So then from there, they're going to go to the premiere. Right. Um, and Hal's going to show um, his film, his cut of this film. So basically... Hal uh, is about to show it, and he lets everyone know that this is the best work he feels like he's ever done, the most honest work he's ever done on a film. At one point, he says, "I think, I
0: think he says earlier in the movie, my mother told me this is the most amazing film work I have ever done."
1: <laughs> and let me tell you, Christopher Walken is awesome in this role. Like he plays this kind of spaced out avant garde. Uh, director very well, and he's got like long hair, and he looks very like kind of disheveled. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I don't care about anyone. I care about my own vision, and that's it. Um, so he he's shows this, and well, he says that he he is not actually putting that film together. He put together. A real look into what's going on. So what
0: he did was he he put secret cameras all over he, the place. He had the, the film crew keep on filming when, when shots ended. He kept like the first 30 seconds of the movie in to show you know how horrible it is. And the first thing uh, the first thing that you see after this 30 second prologue is um, is the directors just leaning into the uh, leaning into the camera going. That's all that was you're going to see of the original footage because honestly the script was horrible. So I decided to do this little avant garde project, and so it starts showing all of these clips of like people doing things, and it shows like Eddie's reaction. Apparently Hector had been an extra in the movie, and yeah. and so it shows like Gwen pretty much grinding down on him pretty hard during yeah. a
1: dance scene, and and the tension between Eddie and Gwen at that point, they're arguing over it. And then there's a hidden camera where Kiki is helping Gwen put her makeup on and Gwen confesses that she's getting it on with Hector, yeah. but then also confesses that she wish- wishes that Hector had a larger unit.
0: Yes. And she holds up a lipstick container <laughs> and
1: says, it's about this big. And then she takes it down and she's like, eh, no, more a little, more like that. And that's when Hector gets in sense. He's like, I do not have a small penis. I yeah. do not have a small
0: penis. And you know what is hilarious? I did not realize this until now. But, you know, they they he he makes Gwen officially come out and say that yeah, Hector is well-endowed. And if yeah. you are a fan of Community, and a lot of people should watch the first two two seasons of it they have a dungeons and dragons episode oh
1: yeah i know what you're talking and about.
0: there is a character who is named hector the well-endowed oh there you go so
1: so it's the same
0: yeah yeah exactly cool. and hector the well-endowed in, in done in the dungeons and dragons episode is played by a woman which is even better interesting
1: yes so they um so basically while all this is going on and you also see Dave, the producer, in there, and he's being a jerk. Of course. And then his assistant flicks him off, and everyone's like, oh, you know, and basically Hal Weidman has unraveled the whole room. Yeah. Everyone's coming undone at that point, yeah. and everyone's getting pissed off at each other, and everyone's just like, what is this? It's scandal. It's. And Eddie is just sitting there laughing his head off because he thinks this
0: is the most brilliant uh, thing that could have happened because it's showing... How much of a jerk Gwen
1: actually yeah. is, and he even turns around and says to Hal, "I think this is an amazing film." Yeah,
0: he's like, "This is my best work. I have this script that if we ever if we should work together, uh, I have a script that we could just throw out." You know, <laughs>
1: he's like, "All right, yeah." <laughs> so everything unravels, but then Gwen is trying to salvage what's going on. Mm-hmm. So she gets up and she starts talking, and Eddie's there, and she's just like, Uh oh, you know, she thinks this is the time where she needs to save it." So she's like, oh, we're, we're, I needed to announce that Eddie and I are getting back together. And we're all happy. And- yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Eddie's just kind of like, uh, this is news to me. And he says, actually, no, I can't no, be with you. I can't be with you. I'm in love with Kiki. But he also says, he's like, yes, I, I'm in love with Gwen, the woman on, on the screen in those films. That's who I'm in love with. I'm not in love with Gwen in private life. She's a bitch. Yes. Basically. Yes. Um, and then he professes his love for Kiki, and Kiki's like, oh, yay. And it. It, everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. It all works out. All,
0: it all works out. And may I point out that this entire romance begins, blossoms, and comes to fruition in about 72 hours. Yeah. That's pretty quick. Yeah. And like we were saying earlier. Hollywood romance. Hollywood romance.
1: Yeah. Uh, I do want to point out real quick towards the end, uh, Hector... Is still trying to defend his, his, yes. uh, his penis, his manliness. When he, when he, he said he's saying to the media as they're leaving the junkie, or the uh, the screening. In fact, I have had some complaints. Yeah, he's like, lines. I am, I am well endowed. In fact, I am too well down. I've had complaints. <laughs> it's like, well, it's pretty. Funny. Why would you say that? Uh, never mind. Hank Azaria was awesome. Yes, is my point. He did a great job. Great job. Great
0: job. Oh my goodness, because this kind of movie. It is a fun romantic comedy, but it also has a lot of over the top moments that are just they fit they fit the concept of the movie so well you know because it's who hasn't met the guy who is that insecure right you know and and that hopeless right and who who hasn't met that that uh, person be them be they male or female who just needs everybody
1: else to take care of all of their problems and honestly, who hasn't met that character? who keep, or that person in real life based on the character, right. who c- consistently needs to talk about the size of their uh, uh, yeah. of their crotch. You yeah, know exactly.
0: Right? I mean, it's, oh, my gosh. I had a friend There's in college who used people. to say it all
1: the time. And, and,
0: and then whenever you, you hear them say something about that, it's just like, would you please shut up?
1: We don't care. Well, and usually when people are that outspoken about such things, it's the opposite of Yeah, reality.
0: exactly. I mean, it, yeah, it's like... Uh, little man
1: syndrome. Yeah, yeah, micropenis syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, That's what Hector had going on. Oh, poor Hector. Poor Hector. Poor Hector. Poor. But um, I mean, hey, it it, it, it went well. The film the film was good. Yeah, we enjoyed it. So yeah. Do we want to actually talk about ratings? Let's
0: go ahead and do that. Uh, do you mind if I I take this uh, for the first time around? No, by all means. Okay, so. I really enjoyed this movie um, for the romantic comedy genre. And I'm not a huge romantic comedy fan in general. Typically, if I'm going to ro- watch a rom-com, it's got to be in French for me to enjoy it. No. <laughs> we'll just put it, that out there. But um, I I thought that this movie was a lot of fun. Um, I thought it had a lot of great points that, like we talked about earlier in terms of relationships and what Hollywood portrays and everything like that. Um, I thought that the acting was really good. All of the... Actors and actresses are of course are big name people and they do a lot of uh, great things and so you've got a lot of subtlety to the performances um, and Catherine Zeta-Jones does a great job of playing somebody who's just annoying. I, all, I didn't get nominated for a Golden Globe last year, first world problem as <laughs> so much but still yeah. you know um, that's the kind of you know that's the kind of touch that makes you hate the character. But love the actress.
1: Yeah, because that's they're making you feel what you're supposed right, to feel. Right,
0: exactly. Uh, so so everybody did a great job in that. Um, aside from the the ridiculousness of the genre itself, you know, um, I I really enjoyed the movie. I, and I'm I'm glad that you know the guy fell for the um, for the more caring
1: of the two sisters rather than the hot one. Well. How was how it going to come out any other way? Right, I mean, exactly. that's the formula. That's the
0: formula. So, um, but, you know, solid, good film. I liked it, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give this one three stars.
1: Okay. Uh, my thoughts on it, like you said, as far as a romantic comedy, uh, it was good. It, it was better than most romantic comedies. Uh, a few shortfalls. It stuck to the formula mm-hmm. pretty much. You knew right away what was really going to end up happening in the end. There's no real big surprises in that sense. Right. One of the things that I was surprised about with this film, um, with the formula for romantic comedies, a lot of the time it's like funny, 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 funny. You hit that half hour left in the film, all serious. Yeah. And there's no more comedy involved. And that always kills me. I hate it. I want comedy smattered throughout. This succeeded in keeping the comedy all the way to the end it had those poignant moments it had those straight drama moments Mm -hmm. all the romance moments but then you would be hit with comedy real fast or you know comedy was sandwiching those moments and they weren't too long and one thing i did want to mention is that i really wish
0: time time after time or time before time i can't remember which it was it was time after time yeah um i really wish it was a real movie
1: because that it looked weird
0: and well i mean it looked like my kind of movie no, it was like sci-fi <laughs> yeah yeah no no i don't mean like that the, the prologue to it i mean the like the hidden oh, camera oh stuff. the hidden camera yeah okay, i, I would love you. to watch that
1: yes that did look cool so yeah so as far as a romantic comedy it exceeded my expectations in what a romantic comedy would be based on the formula i've seen over and over again um you know, like I said, it did have some of that formulaic stuff to it, though. Uh, that, like you said, the acting was good, uh, very good. They had a crazy cast in this. The jokes were good. Um, I think the script was handled very well. Uh, the directing was hand, handled very well. Overall, um, not a perfect film, and there are some things I'd like to see different, like the role reversal, maybe, because mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of, you know, stereotypes once again. But, um, hey, it, it was fun. Um, it's definitely a, a romantic comedy that I, I shared with Rebecca my wife because it was her pick and we both enjoyed it. And you know it's not often that I can say I enjoyed a romantic comedy. Um, so that said, I wa- I want to give it three stars as well. Awesome. Rebecca, thank you so much for picking an awesome movie. Yeah, a, a awesome romantic comedy yes. at that because it is hard to find a good romantic comedy. It is although really I would say as far as romantic comedies go, Probably one of my favorites is Love Actually, mm-hmm. that's which is a good one. also a holiday film. Yeah. So maybe we'll do that next holiday instead of Jingle All the Way. That might be a good <laughs> choice.
0: Or if, or if they have, like, um, It's a Wonderful Life. I know it's it's kind of it's saturation points has been reached with It's a Wonderful Life. When I was a kid, I thought it was a movie about suicide. So, oh. Yeah. yeah. I had a totally different read on that one. But anyway. uh if you, if you guys uh, want to check out uh, America's Sweethearts, we do recommend it. We think it's a great movie to sit down and enjoy, especially on, on a um, like a Friday night if you, you and your loved one just want to have something to watch together that's enjoyable all the way through.
1: Yeah, and uh, in the same vein of sharing things with your significant other, um, I think this is a perfect time for us to plug other things going on with Nerd Circle Podcast Productions. Oh, absolutely, um, You can settle in, have a nice cup of tea, glass of wine, a nice beer, have a fire going, some candles lit, and listen to the sultry voices of Carlin and Jordan mm-hmm. on Carlin and Jordan's Most Excellent Movie Night, podcast. Obviously. At mostexcellentmovienight.com. Mm-hmm. Or if you're into fine craft beer, you can listen to Brutal Battle, which I'm involved with, uh, at brutalbattle.com. Brutal spelled B-R-E-W-T-A-L.
0: Now you also have a Twitter handle that goes along with yes, it. Yes,
1: Carlin at Brutal Battle. And then we also have, if you're into role-playing games, mm-hmm. which are amazing, we are involved with Bone Throwers Theater.
0: Yeah, and things have been really heating up with Bone Throwers Theater at the and the most recent part, lots of creepy stuff going on, and a but lot lots of, of drama. A lot of drama too. A lot of drama. Um, if you're interested in science fiction TV shows like Battlestar Galactica or farscape or lost any of those shows stargate atlantis is another one that we always come back to uh we recommend uh listening to bone thrower's theater Theater because it's it's something that we structure kind of like a tv show very Uh, much and uh and the the action the action is there It, it might it might not always be action with laser guns and and um jaguar people but <laughs> it's truly about the story yeah it's truly about the story and there's a lot of interpersonal conflict which drives a lot of the story and, and makes people
1: really amazed at what's going on so so please listen to those share them with friends family loved ones mm-hmm. even people you don't know people you don't hate doesn't matter to us <laughs> now if you if there.
0: you want to find all of these shows you can go to um most And there is a, in our menu, there is a selection for uh, Brutal Battle, not Brutal Battle, but uh, Nerd Circle Podcast Productions. And you can go ahead and click on any one of the links there and it should take you directly to the the homepage for any of our other podcasts. And who knows, we might have some uh, other goodies in the near future that we would be more than glad to
1: share with you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Carl and Jordan's Most Excellent Movie Night.
0: We love you. Absolutely. And that's why we only we review great movies and awful movies, so we can tell you which ones are worth watching. Feel the love. Feel the love. We're reaching out through your earbuds right now. Feel the love. All right, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week.
1: You've been listening to Carlin and Jordan's Most Excellent Movie Night. Our
0: theme music was provided by Sweet Wave Audio. To find more royalty-free music for your own projects, check out sweetwaveaudio.co.uk.
1: And special thanks to Ariana Ramos for her graphic design savvy helping us with our album art.
0: Visit our website at mostexcellentmovienight.com to listen to other episodes, give us your opinion, and share with us
1: other movies you'd like to have reviewed. You can also contact us through our email address, mostexcellentmovienight.com. At gmail.com. We would love to read them on the air. Also, if you
0: could rate and review the podcast on iTunes, we would be your friends for life.
1: For sure. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to Carlin and Jordan's Most Excellent Movie Night, where movies are most excellent.
0: This has been a Nerd Circle Podcast production.